1: 18 plus and welcome everyone to the first episode of the revived the fifth down my name is Mitch Hill
0: my name is Benny
1: and we are back doing this podcast we'll give you a little bit of a rundown as to what this podcast was and what we hope it will be in the near future. We are rebranded on Rock M Nation's Rock M Radio, which we are pretty pumped about.
0: Yeah, Mitch, I am, uh, I've am. i been pumped to do this. Uh, obviously, it's been a couple years since we've hopped on. Um, you know, Mizzou football looks a little bit different uh, coming into year 2019 as it was in 2015, last time we did this. So, a lot of, of storylines and excited to get get back out
1: there. Yeah, a couple things have changed, that's for sure. There's a new coach, a couple, uh, new quarterback that everyone's excited about, and we'll get into all that, but um, before we start, I just do want to say that we are, like I said, excited to be on Rockin' Nation, Rockin' M Radio. Um, just a little bit about me and then a little bit about Bennett, so I have been pr- producing the podcast for Rockin' Nation for a little more than a year and a half now, I believe, so dive cuts in the short corner, zookeepers, all of that fun stuff. And so I'm pumped to be able to have you guys listen to me a little bit, listen to me talk. And then Bennett is also pumped that we can talk a little Mizzou football with you guys.
0: Definitely, and, and myself, um, you know, Mitch and I know each other, uh, college buddies there at Mizzou. Um, I grew up on the, uh, the Kansas side of Kansas City, but uh, been born and raised black and gold my entire life. Um, Hopped across the border for school and uh, been a just diehard Mizzou fan my entire life. So obviously uh, always cautiously optimistic going into these seasons. Uh, But yeah, with with a couple of things, you know, with Kelly Bryant coming in at QB, um, and just some of the other, you know, the coaching staff in place, really excited for this year and uh, should be a good one.
1: Cautiously optimistic is always how we should be as Mizzou fans because there's just a history of, you know, if you're too positive, you never know what can happen.
0: Exactly. I saw I saw somebody on Twitter the other day. It was like, oh, no, guys, this is like the first time in a while I've actually been excited about both our hoops and our football squad. So, you know, that can only be bad news.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Let's hope not. Um, so just a little bit of review of what the fifth down will be. So obviously the name has some Mizzou ties to it. Everyone knows the story of the fifth down and all that. But we, it also has football ties to it because, you know, it's after the football games and everything like that. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to have some interviews. We'll interview other beat writers for other teams that Mizzou's playing. Reactions, analysis. Always, We will always bring the takes as far as it goes, as uh, hot takery. Maybe not Stephen A. Smith hot, but close.
0: Close. Definitely okay. close. We'll, we'll get up. Uh, there's a fine line, and uh, we'll know how to steer.
1: Now that we kind of introduced it a little bit, let's just get into some of the stuff we're looking forward to as the season uh, is about to kick off, really. I mean, it'll be here before you know it. Um, So Bennett, outside of Kelly Bryant, what's the thing you're looking forward to the most?
0: Well, I think obviously just the elephant in the room would be, you know, what is going to go on with these NCAA sanctions. Um, you know, we've been hearing word that they're probably going to come out with an announcement in the next couple of weeks. So obviously that's that's something to, to definitely keep an eye on um, just because, you know, I think it's, if, if we have the bull band lifted and, you know, we win 10 plus games, I mean, it could could be a great year um, all around. Um, so that's that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, seeing what the outcome is there. Um, another thing too, we've got of the twelve games on the schedule, seven of them are going to be at Faroe. Um, so I think that's a huge advantage for us this year. Hopefully, we're able to to sell it out um, consistently. That'll be may be seen, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and I just think in general, Brian went into the, the um, just listening to the guys on, on SEC uh, media days, Cale Garrett, Marcus Stacy, and Ellie, um, and, and Odom's comments as well, it just sounds like overall um, there's just a huge chip on our shoulders, and uh, it's just kind of Mizzou against the world. And I think we've got some great team chemistry, and just seeing how all that meshes together, um, and how Kelly Bryant just commands a locker room. I think those are those are some big things um, to be to be on the lookout for.
1: It's interesting to me with the whole NCAA stuff that's going on, for lack of a better term, because you see stories about how the is, you know, drop some sanctions on people and everything like that. It's just I go back to the whole Mizzou was basically acknowledging that there was something wrong that happened and they get a punishment that's basically unheard of. I mean – Honestly, the most
0: classic Mizzou thing of all
1: time. It, does, it makes no sense. And so hopefully everything does get changed. And like you said, it is a lot of Mizzou against the world because the team feels a little like a lot of people aren't thinking about them in the SEC and the SEC East in particular. And everyone says, well, they might not be, able, be eligible. It's like, doesn't matter. They still want to go 12-0 and at this rate. And why not? Why not?
0: Why not? Uh, and, yeah, I think it could be something too where – Let's say they come out and they do allow us to go to a bowl game. I mean, that could that could just be a scenario where just unleashing the beast, basically scorched earth policy, and Mizzou just you know come out the gates hot. So definitely something to be to be you know we'll be staying tuned here the next couple of weeks. But um, it's just super frustrating in general. I mean, you see Ohio State the other day. They had like 16 sanctions, you know, they got scholarship reductions, no bull ban, uh, and you're seeing some of these other these, I mean, don't even get me started on North Carolina a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, to me, I think this is just the NCAA, you know, saying, hey, even though we let some people off the hook, we're still, you know, the mediator here, and so you got to keep in line, which, you know, we'll... Interesting, to say the least.
1: Why don't you use a school like Ohio State that's a little bit bigger to make an example instead of Mizzou? Come on now. We've had enough We've had enough yeah, it's, problems. It's,
0: and they don't, they don't... The Blue Bloods, it's a different game for them. So, um, but interesting. And, you know, if they do, in, in fact, keep um, keep the sanctions where they're at right now, I think it sets an interesting precedent going going future. Um, right. In future. Um, I saw a couple weeks ago North Carolina state, they did an internal review and they found some things, but they said, you know, we're not, we're not going to self report. We're just not going to do it. Right. And uh, why would you? Exactly. And so that just, that just creates a, a bad environment all across the entire uh, world of college athletics. So, I mean, this, you know the outcome of this is, is not just going to be you know impacted from the zoo. It's going to be felt you know across across the entire NCAA. So, interesting interesting to see how it will play out.
1: Right. And if you talk if you talk to anyone on the team or if you listen to anyone around the team or anything like that, the coaching staff, players, and everything they're obviously in the mindset we're going to control what we can control. And obviously yep. that doesn't necessarily mean the um, the NCAA just because they no one can control the NCAA. We've seen that much, but it is a good mindset that they have. It's just, let's go out, win our games, and see what we can do. You start, And so now, shifting away from the NCAA sanctions, which is, you know, it is it is something that's looming over, but hopefully it is nice nice news a little bit into the season and kind of galvanize the team a little bit. But shifting away yeah. from that, Mizzou opens the season, oddly enough, at Wyoming, which is just an interesting scheduling. Um, but it is what it is. And then um, the home opener is against West Virginia, and the new south end zone, see if it'll be max capacity. They did reduce the capacity of the stadium, which I think in today's age is not a big deal at that point, at this point.
0: I mean, a little bit of a, you know, swallowing the pride a little bit. Obviously we want to be up getting 75,000 like we used to, but um, this day and age in college football, I mean, it's a trend. You look all across the country, even schools like LSU, Georgia, Florida, they're, they're having dips in, in attendance, Um, I just, with with TV and the internet these days and, you know, the bar scene, people like doing that instead of actually paying high prices for tickets, so um, it's just a trend college football wide and, um, you know, I don't think it's it's the worst thing either. Um, Excited for potentially having some alcohol, though, being available in the stadium. Side note there. That would
1: that uh, would not be a bad thing for for uh, Tiger game days. I can tell you that much. You want to talk about galvanizing a fan base. That's, <laughs> uh,
0: that's something right there. But, uh, yeah, going back to the
1: schedule, that Wyoming game, I think we chalked that one up to the Dave Christensen game. Yes, um, we do.
0: Former Oak coordinator for us was the head coach at Wyoming, I believe, when we scheduled this series like seven years ago. Um, but
1: um, yeah, I was scheduled yeah. in 2003 for 2020 or 2019. Yeah, Whoever knows. I'm
0: actually, actually going to be at that game, so looking forward to that. Might have to do a little live report
1: from uh, Laramie. <laughs> um, but really, just that is more of a
0: you know business trip out west to start the season off. Hopefully, a, a clinical dub. Um, the Kelly Bryant um, era begins, and then yeah, we've got West Virginia the week after.
1: Mizzou is returning a lot of talent, so you have a healthy Albert O coming back, which is really nice. Um, Daniel Parker Jr. Uh, really shined as a tight end towards the end of last year, especially in the running game, because being someone that was a defensive end, no secret, he, de- he likes to hit. So, I mean, being a blocking tight end was not a bad thing. Larry Roundtree is... might be top three running back in the league, probably?
0: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh... Just his ability to, you know, yards after contact and ability to catch and run with it, too. I mean, you look at the bowl game with Oklahoma State, I mean, that was his just announcing his presence to the world. On the so, national
1: stage, right.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, would, would completely agree with you there. Um, I,
1: yeah. What I think is interesting, because the offense is going to be, it's going to look a lot different just because Kelly Bryant's such a, he can make a lot of plays with his legs. Drew Logg was an athletic quarterback, but um, Kelly Brown is just a different type of athlete. I mean, if you've watched him at Clemson or anything like that, or if you lit, or if you read about him and everything the team's seen out of him, he can just extend these plays with his with his legs than in ways a lot of quarterbacks can't. So that'll be a really interesting kind of aspect of the offense because while Dooley showed that uh, he can run an offense, it's pretty that can dissect good defenses and everything like that. It'll be interesting to see how it looks with more of someone that can freelance a little bit when the play breaks down.
0: Definitely, and and something too that I just think uh, not necessarily um, anything in his actual like physical makeup or athletic ability, but something you know you look at probably the the most successful Mizzou QBs we've had um, Chase Daniel, um, I think of Blaine Gabbert, I think of Will or not Will Franklin, James Franklin, um, guys that we've gone to some big time games with, they just had the it factor. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I still don't know if Drew Locke necessarily had that. Um, you know, he put up a bunch of stats, a bunch of numbers, but there's just something about Kelly Bryant. I mean, I think the only game that I saw that he lost in, the, in a Clemson jersey was to Alabama. Right. Um, and he was all all through the high school ranks, was one of the top prospects in the country. There's just something that he brings to the table, just uh, kind of an air of swagger about him, and just his ability to, to get the teammates around him to buy in. Um, he's just... Something that I think is going to be huge for us this year and something that I don't think that Drew Locke necessarily had.
1: Right, and that's nothing to, nothing against Drew Locke. And let's be honest, the only reason Kelly Bryant was available is because he was being replaced by someone who looks like he might be the greatest quarterback in college football ever with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that guy's a freak at Clemson. So yeah. it, it makes sense that Kelly Bryant okay. was replaced by that. The other thing about Kelly is like you just you read about it, you talk to players, you hear from players and everything like that. His leadership skills and just how he lights up a room and everyone just kind of gravitates towards him. I mean, the video that went viral—that's top of my head—is how that you know that little band video in the locker room, which is awesome. I've exactly. pro- I've probably watched that like a hundred times. Honestly, it's a great video. Oh, I know. So and know. it was going viral on all giant accounts, House of Highlights, everything like that. Bleacher Report. So it was pretty cool to see. So it's a fun year for the offense because of just how much talent's returning. Switching to the defensive side of the ball. I think the biggest question, and correct me if you think something else, is the pass rush, because that was what kind of doomed Mizzou last year was the pass rush.
0: I would agree. Um, you know, there's definitely some questions still there. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that are that are capable um, on the on the D line. They just have to kind of come into their own, um, and obviously losing Terry Eckner, um, you know, great leader, great player, gets drafted in the league. Um, losing that guy off your line, who was kind of the alpha dog last year, will be tough to replace. But a guy that I'm looking forward to, to really seeing, um, yeah, coming into his own, will hopefully be Jordan Elliott.
1: Jordan Elliott looks like a monster. He has a chance to be a monster, I think.
0: Yeah, and for those that don't know, he's a guy um, just blue blue chip prospect um, out of the high school level, I believe five star, uh, went to Texas. Uh, things didn't work out there. Uh, and then transferred to Mizzou several years ago. Um, you know, we typically don't get guys like that in the transfer market. And I was thinking he was, like, not going to qualify academically, which always happens.
1: Right, that does seem to happen, yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. But he did. He, uh, he qualified, and, um, yeah, he had a pretty good year. He started to, to play really well down the stretch last year, so thinking he thinking he can carry that over into this season. Definitely a guy that can be on the NFL radar
1: absolutely and he can he looks like he can disrupt the pass game passing game and the run game from either the inside or the outside of the line which is a nice luxury to have really another person i think just from the just his body type would be jeff coat trudge and jeff coat i think just he has that long he has that long like speed rusher type uh body so i mean i'll be interested to see how he looks in another year in the black and gold and see if maybe he can become that new kind of edge threat that Mizzou's always been accustomed to, or at least since, yeah. you know, 2008 or so. Talk about an SEC name too, Trajan Jeff No kidding. <laughs> uh, something too that I think,
0: um, you know, if you look back the last 10, 15, 20 years have been one of the best periods of Mizzou football, uh, looking at it holistically. Um, in that time span, I think, what was a consistent theme you know sort of our achilles heel was our, our D-backs, our mm-hmm. defensive um, you know cornerbacks and I, I truly think that with christian holmes and marcus ac um, a couple of the safeties we got there back there too i think this is probably the best crop of guys we've gotten our defensive secondary in a long time
1: ac is that prototypical kind of nfl db where he's I, he's he's 62 he's a big bot he's tall and that's kind of going touching on like how NFL likes tall corners, that's whenever the Legion of Boom in Seattle was really really going. They had the tall physical corners and AC has a chance to be that. And so if you can shut down one side of the field with a corner like it like AC or Holmes who's rather aggressive going for the like with his ball skills, that is a huge plus, but it all does help if you're getting pressure on the quarterback too. Or else they're just gonna sit back there and throw.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And just listening to, um, I I think both of those guys have some chips on their shoulders. Um, you know, listening to AC at the sec media days, um, there was somebody that asked him because you know, something else we can, we can talk about here in a second would be, um, you know, not having anybody transfer. um, Mm -hmm.
1: I do want to touch on that. Um,
0: but I, uh, you know, it was alleged that Tennessee was just hitting these guys up trying to get them to transfer. Somebody asked him um, if, if yeah, if they came calling or anybody else else in the SEC came calling and he, he didn't say who specifically, but he said, you know, they did. Um, but you know, Mizzou is the only school SBC school to offer me out of high school. So all those other schools are basically trash to me. Um, you know, I'm I'm Mizzou mate. So um, I think both he and Christian Holmes being like a two star recruit, I think those are that really start shine last year and came up big in some big ball games. I the Alabama game stands out to me.
1: I mm-hmm. think both really good. Um, as good you know, as you can against yeah, Alabama. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then also, you
0: know, not to touch on it too much, but AC with that Kentucky game, I mean, just a, in my opinion, a bad, bad luck. Yeah, he got that, robbed. Bad call by the, by the ref. Um, but I think just, yeah, those two guys in general are going to be some tone setters in um, the D secondary.
1: And something, uh, before we touch on kind of the culture that Odom's built around this program in his time so far as the head coach, but something that he's also doing is he's switching more to that. It's kind of a modern type defense. So, like, they have two linebackers, four, four people on the defensive line, and, then like, their tweener linebackers, kind of a hybrid. It's a safety, outside linebacker kind of person. Someone like Ronald Perkins my, it looks to be the person that's going to start there at the season. And that just kind of makes your defense a little bit more athletic and a little faster. And in the SEC, that's that's a huge thing. You want to be really fast because you're going against some of the best athletes in the nation every week in and week out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think something, too, that I didn't mention earlier, um, trench play is how you win games in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, and just thinking back last year, other than, you know, we had Terry Beckner leave, and um, We did. I think on the O line, I don't think anybody anybody's gone. I think it's the same group back from last year. I think we gave up the fewest sacks of any team in the SEC, and really,
1: I would say there's a couple new starters because Pendleton's gone. So there's two new starters, but for the most part, a lot of the line saw a lot of time together last year because they were kind of moving some bodies around last year, anyways.
0: Yeah. Um, but a couple of those guys, um, Trevor Stims, I believe Stims Wallace, how you pronounce that, mm-hmm. um, Castillo, those guys, those are guys on the NFL radar. Um, and thinking back to last year, I, the only game that I think you could say that we lost the battle in the trenches was Alabama. I think we held our own with pretty much other team, every other team mm-hmm. in the SEC. We really don't have a lot of turnover on those sides. So I think that sets up for, for, you know, on the, positive things
1: this year well you can always see it so something and this kind of goes into how I wanted to talk about Odom but something you could see that Odom was doing as soon as he came in here when you were to look at like Mizzou playing against like an LSU or an Auburn or something like that you just look at the other team it's not like Mizzou had small people but you look at those teams and it's just like good lord those guys are big I, it's funny you say that. Um, I went
0: to the LSU game a couple years ago in Baton Rouge, and if anybody's ever been to that campus, fun tailgating scene, there's no freaking bathrooms anywhere. Uh, (laughs) A port potties, anything, so um, go into some hotel um, and, you know, to use the facilities, and it was was the same hotel that LSU stays in the night before their game, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm walking in as they're walking out, and I've never seen as many just as many monsters those guys were huge and i mean i i've been to the tiger walk before obviously d1 football players
1: are big but that definitely stood out to me it's it's a different type of big with some of those bigger schools yeah and so odom it looked like odom when he came in whether it be a transfer or something like that the people he was bringing in were just they were big bodies because you just needed to get bigger on both sides on the on the D-line and O-line, you need big bodies to go against big bodies week in and week out. It's just it's just the name of the game in the SEC, and it looks like he's really starting to do that. And that was something he built kind of his first couple of years on. And we're starting to kind of see how that's paying off as now we're into uh, year four.
0: Exactly.
1: And uh, you touched on it earlier, kind of – so when the NCAA sanctions came down and everything, it opened up the transfer, transfer portal, which I really like – just a side note on the transfer portal. I picture that as just like um, like a black hole that players just walk into, and they all of a sudden end up at whatever school they want to. It's just kind of a cool thing for me. But so it opened up the transfer portal to a lot of eligible players at Mizzou, and no one no one left. That speaks volumes to this coaching staff, I think.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent, and you know. It's been four, four or five years since we've hopped on, and, um, you know, we, we really haven't given our opinions of, of Odom yet. Um, but I know it's, it's funny. I think slowly but surely um, the fan base is starting to get behind him. Uh, I mean, you talk, you hear the players talk about him. Um, they want to run through a brick wall for him. It sounds like the team chemistry. I mean, you mentioned the Barstool video. um is, you know, sky high right now. And just thinking back to, like, 2015, you know, when we had the on-campus issues going on, um, Gary Pinkle just suddenly retired due to the cancer. We had a, a bad year. Maddie Mock is getting caught mm-hmm. uh, with some substances. You know, just not – the program was just not in a good state. And, uh, you know, just talking with somebody the other day, it's like, who else could we have gotten at that point of time? Nobody nobody really wanted to come to the zoo at that point in time. Yes, it's an SEC program, but – is where we were at as a university and a program was not the most appealing deal. Um, And so for Odom to have us coming into this season right now, um, team is meshing very well. We've got, uh, you know, a top tier quarterback, a great leader. We got some offensive weapons, um, you know, and a positive outlook just three or four years from, from that. Um, I, I think he's doing a great job and, just as you mentioned, the whole transfer portal thing, I think, I think that just speaks volumes.
1: Odom is – on Rockham Nation this past week, we did an editorial board just with, some, just with some football thoughts on it. And one of my thoughts on Odom was that he is still in the coaching circle. He's still technically a young coach. And so there are growing pains with a young coach because just by default, you're, you're just younger. You haven't seen as much. And so there are some in-game things with Odom that I'd like to see change, some timeouts and everything like that. But for the most part, he's making consistent progress each year. And that's what you like to see. You don't like to see the slow starts, and hopefully they avoid that this year. But I think that this is the year that patience by the the athletic department, the fan base for the most part – there are some people out there, but the fan base for the most part – you're going to see that pay off in a big way this year.
0: I think it's – Hoping, though, crossing my fingers, um, you know, because I, I mean, I really like the guy being a being a true son, and you know, he wants to win a championship at Mizzou. Uh, he's not afraid to miss, to say that out right. loud. Um, but you know, he's not a guy that views Mizzou as a stepping stone. This is his end all be all job, and he is going to put his blood, sweat, and tears program. Out. He won't step um, and you're also seeing it you know you mentioned progress year after year um, since he's been here you're also starting to see it a little bit in the recruiting side of things too mm-hmm. um, start to some walls some barriers in the st. Louis area which um, you know I, I follow some you know certain podcasts and, and look at rivals and that type of thing read some things there's some people that think that st. Louis is one of the best outside of you know the the Texas is the Californias Florida's the south you know st. Louis is one of the the um, place for prospects in the entire country. And the fact that we're starting to to see some results from there, I think is huge.
1: Yeah. And that, again, that just goes to Odom's commitment to, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with his commitment to Mizzou and kind of being a Mizzou grad and everything like that. He's locking down the borders for lack of a better term in this state and not letting a lot of the high valued players get out of the state. And it's no secret that, some really good athletes and some really good football players have come from St. Louis and Kansas City and everything like that. And so it's nice to see that going. Um, transitioning to a little bit of the season now that we've kind of touched on Odom a little bit. But um, so with the schedule, it is a little bit favorable for Mizzou. You don't have to play the Alabamas, the Auburns, or the LSUs, which is nice. Um, what would a, in your opinion, what's a successful record look like to you? And what's like, What's a bad one or a disappointment?
0: Just looking at this, um, just looking at the schedule ahead of us this year, I think I think ten win, I think, is a successful season. Um, and I just think, in general, too, even if it's, a, it's an eight or nine win season, I think it's a disappointment if we obviously got to see what happens with the sanctions. But if we go to a bowl game and we lose the bowl game, I think that's a disappointment.
1: I, I th- really do. Absolutely. Given we haven't really won here in the last couple of years, and
0: we should have beat Oklahoma State last year, but, you know, final game, huge disappointment there.
1: Oh, and being yeah. Oklahoma, I did not like losing that game, for what it's worth. So, yeah,
0: yeah. either both those programs never fun losing to them, right? I think I think ten wins um, would be successful season, um, given what we got ahead of us.
1: I think nine or ten wins is pretty much where I'm nines eight's the eight's the bar for me if you don't eight wins is it's just it is what it is if you get eight wins it's great that's a good season you know and everything but it's not what you wanted but it's it is what it is it means you if you are into stuff doing stuff um with over unders out in the desert and everything like that it means you push so I mean eight wins is eight wins but I think nine or ten wins is successful um Eight wins is your indifference. Seven and five, you're you're getting very close to disappointed. Six and six, or anything below that, I just think is an absolute disaster.
0: Oh yeah, I mean the bottom will fall out. The only way I see that is if there's injuries and we've got backup quarterbacks going.
1: Right, absolutely. So, um, but
0: yeah, just getting walking through the the schedule here, the the Dave Christensen ball yeah, <laughs> out there me kicking off. The uh the season there. What are your what are your thoughts on that game, Mitch? And, and what's your prediction?
1: It's well, it's Wyoming. I mean, Mizzou should go there and take care of business pretty quickly. I think. I also I don't I have not really gotten real deep into Wyoming's two deeps yet or anything <laughs> like that. But I'm just assuming that Mizzou can match up with Wyoming pretty well and take care of business pretty quickly there. And so. Then you're coming home. You're one and zero. You're coming home to open the season, open the new stadium with all the renovations. Hopefully, some beer on tap for everyone. And oh, yeah. it could be it could be the start of a really fun run because I think the most important game to me. It you could be eight zero going into Georgia. Realistically,
0: yeah. I, that you know that's definitely a possible outcome. Obviously, taking it each week at a time, but we're catching West Virginia. You know, a, a proud program. We're catching them at a good time. Um, losing their, their coach,
1: Dana Holgerson. Will Greer's gone. Uh, yeah, that was, talk about a coup.
0: I mean, that guy seemed like he loved where he was at, and then Houston just came calling with some big-time dollars. No kidding. Said, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they've got a new coach in. I, I looked it up. you got Neil Brown, who used to be Troy's coach, had a lot of success there. We're actually playing Troy this year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so you got a new coach, Neil Brown, and then you've also got, um, Austin Kindle, who's a pretty high, highly rated QB recruit out of high school, started at OU, um, and is now projected to be West Virginia's starting quarterback this year. So, um, you know, new coach, new quarterback, we are catching him at a good time, obviously being a, a big 12 school dangerous, but, um, I'm, I'm going to think we're going to win that game.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you start the season pretty. I think I think you start the season well. It's a shame that that quarterback that transferred to West Virginia from OU didn't stay at OU because it's seemingly <laughs> every quarterback that stays at OU wins a Heisman Trophy for in uh, recent yeah. memory. Which is I'm I'm fully expecting Jalen Hurts to also win a Heisman this year. Um, just that's how it goes right now. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a yeah, that's a bold take
1: right now. No, I'm just <laughs> guessing off <not for> of <laughs> Kyler and Baker and all that. It's like who who else is going to win the Heisman there? It's really unfortunate. So yeah, I think. I think each of us have Mizzou nine and three or ten and two for this season, barring unforeseen changes. Even if the NCA says you're not playing in a bowl game, I still think Mizzou. I, that might make Mizzou want to go undefeated even more. Honestly,
0: I, yeah, I think you're. I think you're totally right there. Um, I mean, after the West Virginia game, schedule is you know definitely the softer side. Um, we've got Um don't really need to
1: go into in no we we'll, we'll preview these games before they happen too so I think I think the toughest stretch of the season
0: obviously is there at the end where you've got UK um, Georgia Florida Tennessee and Arkansas um, I think all those schools are going to be improved from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know
1: well, I'm sure Tennessee will find themselves in the top twenty-five somehow, just because they'll be like six and they'll be six and five, and they'll be in the top twenty-five just because it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, always. Yeah, always.
0: Well, it's interesting. I was just looking through at the, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this, um, you know, in our weekly analysis. But um, the the FPI, the Football Power Index through ESPN, um, always gives like winning percentages for teams mm-hmm. uh, pregame, and they have Tennessee as the favorites in that game, which is definitely a head scratcher. It's great.
1: Uh, it's great. It's but, just that's how Tennessee yeah. is every year.
0: Yeah. So it's the three games that we're underdogs: uh, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. Other than that, we're favored in every single one, according to
1: the yeah. FBS. So a nine and three record may- basically means you win all the games you're favored in, and then yeah. a ten and two record means you win a toss up game, which could be it could be Florida or something like that. I mean, Florida likes to say they're better than us that they're better than mizzou and everything like that but really it hasn't really been like that in years past so it's always fun to watch that how that
0: happens it hasn't um i think um i think their coach down there i think he's getting them in the right direction felipe franks doesn't really strike a lot of fear into me no the guy is an athlete playing quarterback um he can scramble a little bit he can you know make a few exciting throws here and there but i you know, we, we made them look pretty pretty bad last year and doesn't really strike a lot of fear into me. Um, that'll be definitely an interesting game, though, because I think, you know, they, they pull in four or five recruits, star recruits, you know, like it's nobody's business. And so they just restock each year. Um, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a good little general overview of our thoughts going into the season and everything like that. And before we get out of here, I'll just kind of touch on how how this is kind of going to go this season, um, react to the games, have some analysis, kind of go from there a little bit, and then um, preview the next week's games, um, hopefully have someone else on an interview of some sort, whether it be Missouri Tide or the other team, just kind of diving into that, try to get you as much information as possible. Um, we'll also be picking up, we'll also be picking some games from around the league that we just like to do, um, that'll be, it'll be a little bit Fun. Uh, we can compare records and everything like that. You all can join in on the fun if you want. Also, if you have not noticed throughout this podcast, there will be some homerism. Obviously, this is Rock M Nation. It is Mizzou centric. So if you're kind of if you're into homerism, this is definitely the spot for you. And if not, we'll try not to be complete homers. However, I can't promise anything because, like Bennett said at the start, we both did graduate from Mizzou. Kind of all, been all about Mizzou our entire lives, families and everything like that. So, hey, you're going to get some homer takes. I'm sorry about it.
0: Yeah, and that's not to say, though, that we're going to be predicting 12-0 going to the, the CFP. No, but stuff. I
1: would love 12-0, though. Hey, wouldn't would, uh, <laughs>
0: would, uh, would, uh, would be too shabby at all.
1: Once kind of camp gets going and everything, we'll be back with another episode. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back before Wyoming, uh, definitely before Wyoming to preview that. Really get into the two deeps of Wyoming so everyone can understand that. You never know when the next Josh Allen's hanging out there or something like that. <laughs> like I said, this is the revival of The Fifth Town with myself and Bennett. Uh, you can follow everything that we do uh, on Rock M Nation, Rock M Radio, so please rate, subscribe, and review Rock M Radio on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. If you drop a five-star review with a question that you would like answered by myself or Bennett, we will do that. Um, If it is four stars, I will not answer that question, though. It has to be a five star review. I'm sorry.
0: Five stars only.
1: Right. If you're four stars, you're a hater. So, five stars only. Thank you very much. And we will be back for another round of the Fifth Down next week.